Talk Radio 191 FM podcast. And I have with me Daniel Angel, local to Need Arts in the studio. Daniel, how are you? Yeah, good, man, good. Ah, sick, sick. Now, it's quite embarrassing with some people, but I'm going to do a little bio about you. So oh, that's, know the that's completely fine. Exactly, you know. Uh, uh, so Daniel Angel is a local Dunedin multimedia artist whose works include poetry, digital art, paintings, and drawings that pull from his own emotional experiences and mental experiences. Daniel became interested in art at the end of his teenage years, and this developed into a strong affinity for extreme detail in his work. Daniel likes to create mirrors in his work that reflect both parts of ourselves and society at large. And, yeah... You're here right now. <laughs> That's a good summary, man. That's a good summary. No, I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear. Um, I actually had the pleasure of going to your studio today and having oh, a little look did. around. Yeah. And I thought that a good wee structure for this sort of you know discussion we're going to have would be nice just to talk about certain works, certain styles that you've been mm -hmm. working on. Uh, and you really fascinated me when you were talking about the most detailed way of painting. That the you most had. detailed painting or line painting? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm working on a piece at the moment, a series of ten pieces. And I'm basically in, in the search of creating the most detailed line painting in existence. Oh, yeah. And it's been a bit of an obsession with detail that I can't really shake. But um, it's a secret fluid painting technique which I can't really share. Ah. <laughs> secret to the trade. <laughs> secret, yeah. But um, I developed the first one, and I've got another nine to go. So basically I hope throughout the search of these ten paintings I'll come across... Hmm the most intricate line painting in the world so that's so cool because i know that the one that i saw on the wall was gorgeous and it was it seemed like each line was like microscopic infinitesimal on it it was, mm. it was quite it was quite incredible what about you know what's what are you trying to sort of bring about like what are you trying to talk about when you're talking about the extreme detail in the work is there anything that sort of comes to mind i think it's rather it's more of a personal kind of battle with myself and my mm. own artistic critique on myself so I want to prove myself in a way that I can step up to doing something next level, hmm. which is something that's always challenged me. I'm not a very photorealistic painter. I've explored abstract concepts and development for quite a long time, but I guess I want I want something that sets me above the rest of the crowd hmm. in abstract art. That's great. I mean, that's a to really like it's, if to have goals like that. I imagine must help a lot because art is such a constant. You know, it's a very harsh mistress in terms of like you're always working at it. There's always something else to do. There's always something more to do. Mm. So to have a sort of visualized goal. Well, I think if you're head. not always creating, you're kind of you're always thinking about creation. You know, mm. so it becomes developing through. Even if you have periods, or I call them lull periods, where I'm thinking for two or three days solid. Mm. I'm not actually producing any artwork, but my concepts are developing internally. So that kind of that manifests into something better after those three or four days or whatever time you spend thinking. So, and that's awesome. Uh, and actually, sort of weird thing to sort of plug, but Daniel actually uh, gave me a, a drawing today, oh, yes, which, I I, which I really <laughs> liked, and it's now up in the studio <laughs> um, <laughs> here at the station. So, you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty sick. Um, you were talking about this, the one continuous line drawing. Oh, the continual line drawings, yeah. yeah. It's basically keeping a pen constantly on the paper and not mm. lifting the pen until the drawing is complete. Um, so it's lots of interwoven lines, almost kind of like cross-hatching, or the artistic term of cross-hatching, mm. which is striking lines across each other to create darker shades and elements to bits of artwork. But I, I've been representing the figure eight a lot and talking about the symmetry and the human body, but the asymmetry at the same time. Oh, no, so enough. the figure eight is not, you know, it's quite symmetrical as a number, but it, my figure eights aren't exactly symmetrical. 
representing the symmetry, but the asymmetry of the human body. So. I like that. That's a that's a it's a very sort of sneaky but a clever way of doing it as well yeah. to create an asymmetrical figure eight, which is what we all learn from such a young age is the sort of height of symmetry in that capacity. <laughs> I like that. It also represents infinity side on, I guess, as yeah, well. Yeah, true, true, true. I like that. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of your work, well, you asked me to sort of find my own interpretation of what I was looking at with your mm. work, which I think is great. I think when an artist can say to you, you know, what do you see? Because it doesn't matter exactly what I want you to see. It's what no. you take from what I've done in that way. Mm. Well, I find art is subjective. I've created hundreds or thousands of bits of artwork in... People will have slightly different interpretations on what they mm. are and what they represent. So at the end of the day, I kind of gave up on trying to create an exactment in someone's mind, you know, to represent this will be have this effect on this person or they'll see it as exactly this. Because it was, it was more vague than that in actual fact. And I found that you can't, you can gesture at things mm. and you can lead people into things, but you can't make them see the world the way you see it. That's interesting. I like that. In actual fact, um, today one of the one of the managers of the studio, um, the lovely Sean, uh, saw the the one you gave and was mm. talking about framing and how like framing can affect art and like how is it a window or is it a box that you put things in when you put things in a frame? That's an, and I was just wondering, do you have any thoughts on that sort of concept of like when you put a frame on something, is it like this is what is seen or is it this is what you're allowed to see? that makes sense i i think of it more as a finishing off process to be honest with hmm. you um quite often you can replete black and white and it pops out a little more it will stand a little more out of the wall hmm. if you have say a black mat and a white molding so um i think it does finish it off and there's something about that that, hmm. that creates a window i have a piece of artwork at Iker and co called the disputed window and it's kind of looking into aspects of cancer and cell carcinoma stuff like that and i like the fact that it's in a very public place that gets seen by many regular people quite often hmm. but i think it was called the disputed window because my perception of life was shifting and changing at the time and i was disputing what i was as a person and how i felt about me that's intensely reflective that must be mm. do you find that when you do sort of reach sort of re in very deep internal reflections that translates into your art at the time is that a big part of your process i'm at the stage now where i go through massive visual experiences at night time mm. after creating artwork all day long and i find it's more of a building process so i, I don't often stop back and contemplate the past or where i've been too often because mm. the future is always shifting um, I just I, I want to hold on to some faith in me that I'm going in the right direction yeah, and occasionally you. looking at something in the past like the disputed window is a great way of reflecting back on certain elements of what I've been through to create oh, yeah. I like that and I mean you, I, t I mentioned that you do poetry and I think poetry is quite an interesting thing where you can sort of not lament but more sort of understand something and then put it down to words because a lot of people do struggle mm. to find certain meaning from certain art and that's fair enough some people really do find it difficult but i think poetry for those people who aren't particularly visual or if they hear it or if they can just see something written down it's mm. often easier and the poetry that's on your website uh, I, I quite like it because it's set to images that i graphically designed by you yes yeah, like digital art yep it is um basically marbling ink photographs so they're layered on top of marbling ink photographs mm. and i've compiled them as images but they're, they're poetry so 
to you. It's awesome, and um, there's one particular one I liked, um, and I I might read the whole thing. Are you comfortable? Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, cool. Um, the masses come to play. Ignore it or not, they know your name. Wise men would suffer under the anguish of this, but I'd rather not play this game where the delights of the unknown or unspeakable dawn, they pretend the answers to the fiction is born. I just realised when I first read that, I didn't hear the like the rhyme. No, <laughs> the rhythm and the rhyme. Yeah, I the mean, rhythm and the rhyme. They, they quite often follow that general rhythm or rhyme yeah. in my pieces of poetry. I mean, it just shows how I'm just born to expect and not rhyming poetry based on yeah. the poetry. <laughs> more modern poetry, I have to admit. Yeah. But I really like that because. I think that, like you said, when people try and determine other people's interpretations or expectations about something, and if people determine a certain viewpoint or a worldview or a story and sort of make it real by them believing in it rather than having their own sort of view on things. Mm. I really like this, and the picture behind it is a gorgeous sort of green and yellow and black, and it's really quite nice. And I think it, it I'm not exactly sure how I interpret it. But I still really I like the content. It flows very well. Mm. Um, what got you into doing poetry? What was that? Where um, did that come from? I, when I was younger, I suffered a great deal of mental illness, so it became a continual battle for self-expression. Mm. Um, much better these days, but it, it became about expressing myself in a way where I could release what I was thinking and what I was interpreting and seeing. And it became a constant battle to release more than that was coming on board. Mm. Poetry was an early vehicle for that for me, and I, I wrote for some, some magazines in Wellington and have written for a few poetry books. But I think that poem there in particular is talking about perception and how we can shift our perception with um, projectionism, I guess you would mm. say. When we focus on something intently, it changes our worldview, and then we manifest as part of that. I like so that. hence the fiction being born. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to sneeze for a second. That was really intense. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, when we were looking at some of your other digital art um, yeah. that you showed me today, I really liked some of the stuff where you'd taken lots and lots of photos uh, with structure and you'd, you know, sort of torn them back, torn them apart, and then mm -hmm. put them back together over other scenes. I really liked that. I liked the idea of adding structure to places where there are no structure. Um, mm -hmm. With those sort of works, where... Where's your inspiration come from there? What's the, what's the drive behind? I think when sort of existence shatters in your own mind to a degree, mm. or you go through something quite traumatic, you can look at the world through different different eyes. And I started breaking down the world visually in my mind and interpreting it sort of decaying and, and sort of rotting and falling apart and crumbling. And then it became a process of piecing it back together like I was piecing my mind back together. Wow. So it became image after image after image. Some of them were up to about 160 digital layers, which was quite immense, um, with all with various layering styles, which took mm. a long time. Um, I, I wanted to build myself back up from basically hitting rock bottom, and that became another way to help utilise and bring forth some strength in myself. That's that that's 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 pretty awesome I think. Would you say there's any one that you've taken inspiration from with your art, any other figures, or do you think that because of the nature of the experience that led you to art, that it comes from somewhere that you aren't really sure? I was surrounded by art a lot when I was young. And I looked at all the old masters. I, I quite like Medigliani. Oh, yeah. Um I've always liked his faces and Um 
I'm not entirely sure. There's a guy called Andy Densler who paints figures that are distorted Hmm. and they're warped. It almost feels like they're warped in time. They're beautiful painted paintings. And um, I've I've really been inspired by him. I'm usually inspired by music, though, to be honest with you. Really? As, As a fuel for continual creation. When I paint or draw, I listen to things like Gregorian chanting sometimes and wow. classical music. And it provides food for that creative outlet. So when you're, you're taking something on board that's so beautiful and intricate, like some of the old classical compositions, like it, it helps ramp up your mind to a certain state in which you're better able to create something more beautiful, I find. I wouldn't say I'm sp- influenced by anyone specifically. Mm. I have had, oh, there have been some great other artists in Dunedin, like Jasmine Middlebrook, who I was quite close with. Um, she moved away to New Plymouth, unfortunately. Oh, okay. But there are a few other artists on the local art scene over the years, and there's like James T.B. now, and mm. Hannah, and Glenn Burns. I'm very close with them, but um, I wouldn't say anyone in particular has had a massive impact on me. My art has always been about the journey of self-expression. No, no. And I think that part of what I really enjoyed about your art is, like, you described how humans naturally find faces in things Mm. when I was talking to you earlier. Um, But I did find myself quite fascinated because it felt as though the faces that you, that were there, like Lima Digliani, like, they they were distorted, but they were still present. And then you had a lovely larger painting of a figure um, outlined in black with gorgeous paint on the inside of it. Um, Is there a fascination with the form? I like the human form. I love distorting the human form to try and break it down and understand it in a better way. I think the human form as an artist is like the holy grail of understanding when you understand the curvature and the lines naturally inherent Mm. in the body. It becomes fun to push that to the limits where it's just recognizable as the human form, but you can see it and interpret it in other ways and values. So that's it's an exploratory nature. Hmm. Um, that those pieces of work, yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been nice to have a wee chat, Daniel. Mm. It's been cool. Nice to hear about your, you know, your process and what you're doing at the moment. Um, if people want to see some of Dan's work, um, Iker and Co has the one you were talking about before. Yeah, on display, definitely. Which is awesome. And then there's other, there's other cafes and public places around Dunedin that have some of your work up, yeah. which is awesome. And then of course you can find out his. Facebook and his website just by searching Daniel Angow, Angow is spelled A-N-N-G-O-W and I did ask you for a request before yes. uh, would you like to tell the wonderful audience what you're keen on? <laughs> yeah, fair enough man yeah, cool, that would be good yeah, chill, so I'm going to play uh, Bonobo uh, and the song Stay the Same featuring Andrea right now uh, I'm pretty excited, I haven't actually heard this before so it'll be interesting to see how this goes oh good man, <laughs> it's a good song no, hell yeah, thank you so much for coming in though it's been, it's been, a, it's been an education, it's been no fun. problem man, no problem This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.